Amen. But it be, I like the but concentrated conjunction, but it becomes less complicated when we know that in Christ we are liberated, we have eternal security, and our freedom is sure. Give God some praise one more, one more time. Let us turn, if you will, to Matthew chapter 22. We'll be reading Matthew 2, uh, we'll be reading two passages of scripture, Matthew 22 and 1 Corinthians 13. Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, NLT. Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40. The New Living Translation. Of course, you got King James, New King James, NIV, so on and so forth. I'm reading from the New Living Translation this morning. When you get to Matthew 22, verses 36 to, 30, uh, to 40, first of all, let's have a word of prayer. Father God, we come once again before your presence in Jesus' name just to say thank you. Lord, even now, we thank you for allowing us to gather together for such a time as this. We thank you, God, for our guests who just stood up and, and, and I'm forgetting their name, but you know who their names are and I know their faces. I'm looking at them. Lord, I thank you for them uh, visiting with us on today, celebrating 55 years of uh, alignment of, of connection with the Abyssinian Baptist Church and the late Pastor Austin Jefferson. Lord, we thank you even now for each and every one under the sound of our voice, even those that are viewing on social media. Lord, we know that our time together, our spending time listening and hearing your word is never in vain. So Lord, meet us at our point of need this morning. Give us what we need. Help us, God, that we might become the vessels, the, 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 the people of God that you would have us to be. Wash us, cleanse us, purge us. Lord, help me that I might be able to preach your word, your truths, as I submit myself, as we submit ourselves to your Holy Spirit. So we say yes to your will, your word, and your way. For it's in the name of Jesus that we pray, with thanksgiving always. And all of God's people said amen, amen, and amen. Matthew chapter 22, beginning at verse 36, the New Living Translation reads, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Verse 37, Jesus replied, you must, here we go, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Verse 38, Matthew 22, this is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important, and that is to love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law 
and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, one verse, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13 of the New Living Translation says, three things will last forever. Don't miss that. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. I want to talk around the thought, the subject, and this is part two because we began part one of this sermon last week. I want to talk about love matters. Love matters. Look at someone if you can and say love matters. Notice when we see the importance of loving God and therefore loving other people threaded and woven throughout the scripture, Old and New Testament, we have no excuse to do otherwise. In other words, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 through 9, we find in Deuteronomy 6, 5 and 9, through 9, it says, verse 5, and you must love the Lord your God, Old Testament, with all your heart, your soul, and all your strength. Verse 6 says, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you when? Today. Verse 7 says, repeat them again and again. I'm reading the New Living Translation. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road and when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. God is trying to talk to somebody this morning. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them. God is talking. Write them. The fact that we are to love the Lord with all, uh, all and all. Write it on your doorposts of your house and on your gates. That's Old Testament. I said it's throughout the scripture. Loving God. And then we read in the New Testament, we just read it, Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, that Jesus confirms the very same thing. Jesus says in verse 37 of Matthew 22, you must love, here we go again, the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. You can't half step with serving the Lord. You, you can't uh, in and out wishy-washy. Right. You can't party all night Saturday and can't make it to church on Sunday because you, you hung out and got a hung hangover. Oh, y'all looking at me funny. Yeah. Verse 39 of Matthew 22 says, a second command is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And with that being said, we understand ultimately, listen, that love is a central or primary ethical command. It's an order by God, especially when you got people say that you know him. It's better not to say you know him and then act like, in other words, if you say you know God, somebody ought to act like him. 
I didn't say sinless perfection. No, I'm still a work in progress, but I still don't sin as much as I used to because God has more of me now than he did yesterday. In other words, when God says to love the Lord with all, your all in all, you don't have to feel like loving people. Y'all missing that. When he commands it, it ain't going about how you feel. I hear people all the time, well, I don't feel like, and we start giving every reason why we don't love because they ugly, because they don't speak to me. God says, what's that got to do with you loving them? God said, when did I stop loving you and when the way you act behind closed doors? That's right, that's right. How are we going to front on God and act like with other people? And God said, I have to continue to love you in spite of you all the time. All the time. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, we, we, we expose it. Uh, poop it to the door, seal it to the floor. You don't love when you feel like it. You don't even have to want to love. But you have to will yourself to love yes, yes. in spite of why, because God says so. That's right. Is that making sense? If it isn't, it's the truth anyhow. Remember, he's talking about, pastors talking about, God has told me to tell you, love matters. Yes. Understand that ethics, when we talk about ethics, it has to do with moral principles that control, that direct, or strongly influence your actions, your conduct, your behavior. No wonder people say they use as an excuse. Give me that mic just in case. Enemy don't want you to hear this sermon. Y'all listen out there. See, you got a lot, I'm gonna use it. You have a lot of people using professing Christians as their reason for not going to church. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't do this, because they hypocrites, because they that, that, and the other, they phonies. You got people on your job that are hypocrites. Yeah. You got people on your job that are phonies. I don't see you quitting your job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, somehow we quit on the Lord. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to be around those kind of people. Yeah. No, Christian ethics is based on the teachings of the Bible. What you don't see in somebody else, God says, since you're more aware of it, then you take it and you do it. Christian ethics is based on the teachings of the Bible, which gives you and I guidance and instruction, and it affects our behavior. It even changes our attitude. You do notice you have a lot of believers that got bad attitudes. Are you going to talk about the goodness of God and how he loves you and you got an attitude as bad as the person you're talking about? And you blame your attitude. Look, they're the ones that are supposed to be so far away. You're the ones that are supposed to be so clear and connected. You ought to have what you need in order to sustain you that you can do what God has called you to do in spite of what other people are acting like. Oh, my goodness. I don't care whether they call you a, a wimp. You've been called some stronger things than a wimp in your life. That's right, that's right. Just because people call you or label you something don't make you what they label you. Yeah. <laughs> Let me move on. Y'all looking at me funny. In other words, the Bible is our roadmap. It's our study guide for Christ-like behavior. Yeah. 
Am I right about it? Notice in all the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, y'all understand synoptic means seen together. The first three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, relate to the same stories, the sayings, often related in the same relative sequence. But the focus of John gospel, John's gospel, is somewhat different. See, the synoptic gospels focus on highlighting Jesus' events, parables, and miracles. But John's gospel emphasizes Jesus' true identity. John's argument acknowledges his divinity, which makes it unique from the remaining other gospels. In other words, John's gospel not only introduces Jesus as being the word with the father and in the beginning, but he presents Jesus as being, listen, the actual creator of all things created. Oh, pastor, wait a minute. You messing up. No, wait, wait a minute. I, I did read somewhere that Jesus said, I and the father are the same. We're one. John chapter one, verses one through three says, in the beginning, I'm talking about NLT, in the beginning the word already existed the word was with God and the word was God that's Jesus he existed at, in the beginning with God verse 2 verse 3 God created everything through him Jesus and nothing was created except through him oh my God I'm talking about love matters in other words Jesus affirms that the greatest commandments are number one, love God first with all of your being. And then secondly, love your neighbor, other people, as you would yourself. I suspect, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I suspect that the reason some folk have a hard time loving other folk who are acting ugly is because you have yet to love God like you ought to. That's right, that's right. That's oh, right. you got How you going to? I'm not telling you anything. Yeah. Uh, you ever heard that the proof is in the pudding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you got a hard time, listen, I did not say it's easy Amen. to love somebody that's talking about you all the time. Amen. Amen. How many know that's kind of a challenge? Yeah. When you know that people, they're not even hiding it. They're they, they dogging you, talking about you and your mother. Oh, I threw that in. I'm sorry. But agape, unconditional love, starts when we make up our minds to love God first. How you going to love your husband and love your wife? And You see, we, we, we have a tendency to, to, to look at all of the wrongs in other people's lives as if there's nothing good going on. We have a propensity to do that. But why did you get hooked up with him or her in the first place? There must have been something that attracted you in the beginning. My wife and I have been together over 50 years. Yeah. She don't like me to tell her all the time. They tell her, look, look I'm, I'm as old as I am, amen. I used to lie and say 39. I'm so far from 39, I'll be lying, lying, lying. 
So I don't even call it 39 in line no more. I just said, listen, I am old. You don't act like you're that age. What is that supposed to act like? I love the Lord. Amen. When we make up our minds to love God first, it helps to prioritize our ultimate focus of affections where it should be, which is heavenward, heavenward and not earthward. Stop looking and being directed and guided by what's going on around here. Government, state, local government, local officials. Everybody seems to be embracing and accepting lies these days. Then they got different truths. Your truth, my truth, his truth. Yeah, 50 people with different truths. I heard Jesus said, I am. The truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were y'all making Jesus a liar? He didn't say me and this and that and other. He said, I am the truth. The life. I'm the way. There is no other. See, the enemy wants you to get make things complicated. Jesus settled it way back when. Am I right about it? We cannot truly love God until we know him. Amen, somebody. To know is one thing, and then to know is another thing. What I'm crazy? No, y'all missed it. My wife and I got married years ago, but she knows me better today than 20 years ago. And if the Lord allows me to live, Sister Mary, 10 more years, she'll know something more about me in 10 years that she didn't know today. Same thing with me about her. Anybody been with folk and after a while you discovered something different? After years? Am I the only one? Anybody? Did you know there's another side? <laughs> God, look, you know God is awesome. We're complex. Thing I said I wasn't going to say no more, Paul, I said it. Then I said I wasn't going to do no more. I did it. Paul, the man of God, became so frustrated. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who can deliver me? He concluded like we ought to all. I thank God for Jesus. Jesus can fix it. He is a way maker. I wish I had some folk in here that know he'll make a way out of no way. Am I right about it? God will make a way out of a... He's the God of impossibilities. He works best in the realm of impossibility. Give God your impossible situation and watch... Watch God. Watch God move in your situation. I'm watching him move in my situation even as I speak. Watch God. Love matters. Yeah. Cannot truly love him. Understand this. Even the faith to believe in God is a gift from him. Even the faith that we have to believe is a gift. Well, you see that. Ephesians chapter 2, I'm looking at it. Verses 8 and 9. 
It says, God saved you, you and me, by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. Here it is. It's a gift. From who? From God. Verse 9 of Ephesians chapter 2, New Living Translation says, Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Am I right about it? God says, I'm in control. You need me in order to fulfill, to do what I command you to do. And the first part of Galatians chapter 5, actually is in verse 22, says, the Holy Spirit produces fruit in your life and mine. And the number one fruit is love. Tell me, you're a man, a woman, a God, and you're a hater. I didn't say you have to agree with everything. We don't. God hates the sin, but he loves the sinner. Don't tell me you love me and you see me in need and you won't help me. I don't want that kind of love. Don't see you that the church you go to has this need and that need and you say I'm tired of meeting needs and God says the reason I'm allowing you to have money to meet the needs is because you're meeting the needs and the more you do the command that I tell you to do, I'm going to give you more money and so you can do more for the, the church that I sent you to and the man of God that I placed in front of you. You don't lose out on God. Matter of fact, everything we got belongs to him. First John chapter 4. Y'all gonna give me 10 more, another 10 minutes? First John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8 says, Dear friends, let us continue, here we go, to love one another. For love comes from who? God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Oh, here's that but, verse 8. But anyone who does not love does not know God. Why? For God is love. And ultimately, your ability and my ability to love as God commands is a heart issue. You want to expose a person's heart I didn't say we don't have our ups and downs. There's sometimes I, I struggle and have struggled with trying to love people the way God wants me to because I look at it or I'm feeling from a, 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 a fleshly perspective, if you would. But God says, I man, pastor, you, uh, a pointer, I made you. I know how to put in you if you get out of my way, what you need to accomplish my goals. I said it's a heart issue. If the Bible teaches that love needs to be a priority in our life, y'all want to get this, then we need to consider what love really is. And the Bible says that love is at least these four things. You want to get them out there. You want to get them. Love is at least these four things. Y'all don't mind a little teaching, do you? You know, people shouting, hollering, no, 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 don't know what they're shouting about. Yeah. Amen, somebody. 
Love is at least these four things. Listen, number one, a command. Number two, a choice. Number three, a conduct. And number four, a commitment. Want me to say it one more time? A command, a choice, a conduct, and a commitment. I said the Bible, first of all, says love is a command. It's a command given to you and I by the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, whereby we're able to do what God tells us to do. And God commands that we love each other. Am I right about it? Second John, y'all want to get these passages. Second John chapter 1 verse 6 says, Love means doing what God has commanded us and he has commanded us, here we go, to love one another just as you heard from the beginning. It's not a new thing. In other words, you can't always control your emotions and God will never command you and I to do something that he doesn't give us the power and the ability to do. And that means that love is not just based on a feeling. They used to have song, I just got this feeling. Yeah, right, it sounds good. Deep inside of me. Yeah, right. Then what's that woman who used to say, love is just a second hand? Y'all know who you said. I know you knew it, I want y'all to talk it. Love ain't nothing but a, a, a secondhand emotion. I don't know what, she wasn't talking about biblical love. She might have had lust in there and some other stuff, but God's love, no, it, 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 it matters. John 14 and 15, John chapter 14, verse 15, New Living Translation says, If, if you love me, obey my commandments. That's conditional. If, Pastor Pornham, if you love me, even though things are hard, y'all missing it, even though things are tough, even though people turn their backs on you, even though people walk away from you, even though, even if you love me, if, obey my commandments. God says loving him empowers us to obey. And that power comes from his Holy Spirit. Am I right about it? The Spirit of God is the one who empowers you and I to do what God requires. I've got to hasten on here. Imagine, listen, seeing a little kid, your child, who's crying and upset. We just had that in a few minutes ago. You can't command him or her to be quiet. I command you to be quiet. It ain't gonna work. You can't command, you can't say to your son or daughter, your, 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 your niece, your nephew, your, your, your husband or wife, your friend, I command you to stop taking drugs. No, it ain't gonna work like that. You can't say to somebody, I command you to stop fighting and cussing out people. No. 
You simply can't command someone to feel or behave a certain way without giving them or enabling them the way to carry out that command. Am I right about it? So love is a command. I got to hasten on. But secondly, the Bible says love is a choice. Now, one, one, one interpretation of scripture I usually ignore, but this one way they say it, I'm going to put it in today. The Message Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. The Message Bible. I usually don't go into that too much. But I like the way it says this. When we talk about love is a choice. It says, go after a life of love as if your life depended on it. Because it does. Did you get it? In other words, if you go after something that means, that means you make a choice. Am I right? This family made a choice, a decision to come here today. I need not tell you folk was watching. You ought to see. You know, I'm standing, I can see everything. And they were like, and I'm saying, that's God's business. Yeah. But you made a choice, a decision to get here today. Am I right about it? You made a you choose to be here. With that being said, we choose to love other people like God loves us in spite of and not because of. Not only is love a choice, but the Bible says love is a conduct. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. New Living Translation. Dear children, verse 1 John 3 and 18. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us, here we go, show the truth by our actions, with our conduct. Love is something you do, y'all. Hello, somebody. I've had so many, and so have you, people say, I love you. It sounds good. But there are, and nobody in here today, nobody out there. Well, how do you know who's out there? I'm just using, uh, you know, Holy Ghost perspective. But I've had some people that tell me I love you so much, which was never, never put in action, that I just hear you. I said, maybe this is the time that it's going to show. But I said, that's God's business. So many of us, I love you. Okay. Love's an action. Am I right about it? Don't tell me you love me and won't do the things that loving a person will do. Love is a command. Love is a choice. Love is a conduct. Love is a commitment. 1 John 4, 15 and 16. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them. And they live in God. We know, verse 16, how much God loves us. And we have put our trust in his love. Why? God is love. And all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. The Bible says that love has to do with trust, focus, commitment, and a choice. 
Colossians 3 and 2 says, think about the things of God or things of heaven, not the things of earth. That does not mean you can't, you're so heaven-minded that you can't do earthly good. But don't stay so focused on the world system, their way of doing things, that you lose sight of our ultimate goal. I don't know about you, but I know that I know that I know that I know that I know when I die I don't want to die no time soon I don't have a death wish but I know because God told me so to be absent from this body and to be present with the Lord I know and I believe that one day if I don't leave from here Jesus is still coming back I happened to scroll down on my phone the other day and there's some preacher talking about Jesus is dead and he ain't coming back. I, I didn't even want to read it. I, start, I, I, I guess if I see it again, I will because I want to know how to talk to people who believe that foolishness. But I shudder to think of what God is going to do with that individual that dares to mount a pulpit who dares and has the audacity yeah. to get up in front of somebody yeah, yeah. and say that Jesus is dead yeah. when the Bible says yeah. he was buried yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. on a Friday yeah, yeah, yeah. on three days yeah, yeah. he lay there yeah, yeah. but on the third day yeah. he got up yeah. with all power yeah. in his hand you the same God you see going away is coming back I'm going to prepare your place that where I am there you may be also and I'm coming back how many of us know he's coming back oh thank God he's coming back love matters love is real love is who God is I'm closing but I gotta tell you what <laughs> Romans chapter 8 says about nothing will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus who is God talking to in here this morning out there. Who is God talking to? I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your business is. You look good. You don't act like you got a problem, but God says there's something going on you need to know. Nothing can separate you. Matter of fact, the Bible says, Paul said, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that nothing can ever Ever, ever, ever separate me from God's love. And then he goes in Romans 8 says, Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor powers of hell, nor fears for today, no worries about tomorrow, no power in the sky, no power in the earth below, nothing in all creation. Could separate me yeah. from
from the love of God. Love matters. Love matters. Love matters. Love matters. Thank you, Lord. While we were yet sinners, Christ died. And now he lives. And because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Give God some praise.